Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. And I'm Kathy Barrett, and life is something we shouldn't do alone, so I hope you'll spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain. It's so great to be back with you all today. I've been off the air for a few weeks, and I'm delighted to be here and ready for a great show. To all of the people who have been hit by Hurricane Sandy, our prayers and good wishes go out to you especially the community of Breezy Point, which is a wonderful, tight-knit community of first responders and fighter fighters, and they have been hit really, really hard. This is a community of where over 30 residents lost their lives, for instance, um, during September 11th in 2001 at the World Trade Center. Three companies of volunteer firefighters were really overwhelmed by the flooding and the fires that destroyed more than 100 houses, yet they worked through the night tirelessly, saving many people and protecting houses on the perimeter of the burn zone, and this included the home of a 9-11 widow. So Matthew Petronas, a Breezy Point resident, he's a Catholic University of America student. He has a fund going through the community uh, at www.wepay.com. Please chip in, make a donation. The storm has left so much destruction in its path, and so many are suffering. And if you have escaped without harm, try to reach out to the communities that have not. By volunteering or donating money or goods, your time, whatever it is you can handle. And it's also during times like this where you may need a little nurturing of the soul, whether it's from the outcome of Hurricane Sandy or other issues you may be experiencing. And the Meditation Center and Gallery at 306 Fifth Avenue in New York City is basically having a lot of um, events this month. They're celebrating 15 years of community service. Their website is www.bkwsu.org. They have a lot of small events that uh, will conclude at the end of the month with one large event. Uh, You can find out detailed information by going to BK. New York org. Their telephone number is 212-564-4335. They teach meditation. Everything's for free there. So if you are having you know, issues with finances, drop by, do a little meditation, and I'm sure it will bring some peace uh, to your life. So anyway, I am so grateful to have the hair guru to the stars, Bill Angst. Uh, he's from Billy's House of Charm in Toronto. Uh, you can find out more information about Billy by going to Bill Angst, and I'll spell that for you. It's B-I-L-L-A-N-G-S-T dot com. His work has graced the covers of top magazines, while his shop, which I love, is located in the center of Toronto's Skid Row. This no-frills hair salon houses Toronto's most sought-after hair experts. Bill is known for doing spectacular hair, and he is the top man in Toronto. We are so delighted to have the Master of Style with us today. Welcome, Billy, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. It's such an honor. You do such great work. Even your introduction was just spectacular. It was so nice to hear you helping all those people and giving them positive energy. It's terrific. Oh, thank you. It's times like these, you know, everyone is being hit 
so harshly, you know, whether it's from the hurricane or losing jobs or we're all being like squashed. I know. I grew up on a farm and we would have a problem in the winter every morning where we'd have to deal with something. And so now, you know, after, after like that, this seems so horrific because it's so huge you know, what affected our family and the country in the 60s and the 70s seemed monumental, but now the whole universe seems to be doing topsy-turvy things. Absolutely. And it's what better time than now for us to come together. The worst of times can be the most inspiring. You I know, agree. I, I listed, you know, 9-11 as an example. I mean, just a ma- this is a tiny community. It's a beach community. You know, it's it's not the Hampton wealthy community. <laughs> These are working class people and the first and most of them were first responders, whether they're firefighters or police or whatever. It just breaks my heart to know these are the people that when something devastating happens, they are the first ones they're risking their lives. So it really goes out to people like this because their their, their bravery cannot be measured. So when they lose something it just seems like this is not right. This is so unfair. And we should all chip in and do something about it. I agree. Everybody should do their part. Even if it's a small amount, it still does add up. Because there are so many of us. There's so many of us spirited people that want to do something. And if we all do a little bit, it adds up to a lot. Exactly right. It really doesn't take much, does it? You are so amazing. I mean, first of all, I went to your website, our mutual friend, Betty Steinpower. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just mentioned. Well, she's such a she's such a such an incredible woman. Betty has been an inspiration to everybody in our community. Um, one of the things I like about her is that she she doesn't brag about it at all. She's very quiet, and unless you know her personally and you connect with what she's really doing out there in the world, she's my hero. I adore Betty. And it's so nice to meet people like that that are doing things internationally that have maybe had, you know, a run of hard luck in their life and realize that they can make a difference. And Betty is really making a difference. So it was really a, you know, a feather in my cap to be able to have the honor to present her to my community. And um, it really, really had nothing to do with me. It has all to do with her. She's fantastic. She's an incredible woman. And she's actually coming on the show. She's been on a few times. She'll be back in January again. She has a book out, so we'll plug that right now called uh, My Way. My Way, uh, It's really, really wonderful, and everybody should pick it up because, like you mentioned, she's a woman who had a lot of adversity in her life, and she just, you know, took that adversity and turned it into so many spectacular things, you know, including know. charitable I, work I, that she does around the world. That's it's, it, that's what I call her. She's my charity girl from around the world. She does <laughs> yeah. good work everywhere. I do things on a smaller scale because uh, I grew up, you know, with challenge. I was born club-footed, and I had rheumatic fever and St. Vitus dance when I was a child, and, and I became an invalid and had to learn how to walk again. So when you go through something like that that's monumental in your life, you realize that there's people that are hurting a little bit worse than you are. And so, like you said, in my community here, I'm, my salon is at Kid Row in Toronto. Um, I feel at home. I don't, I don't feel alienated. I don't feel like, you know, um, I, I like the rich and the poor and everybody being mixed together. And we have a couple of shelters in our neighborhood. And I, I try really hard to do the best I can, but this is this is from my mother. My mother was an is an angel, and um, years ago when I was on this block, one of my girlfriends was leaving the, my home. I was moving to New York for a while, and my parents were here visiting. They were taking some of my things home, and my friend was wearing really flat 
greasy hair and ripped jeans. And it was the early 80s when big hair and fluffy things were in style. And my mother said, now, Billy Angst, certainly you could help her out with a new pair of jeans. And I told my mom that that was the style, that she was a rocker and that was her style. And my my mother was a bit embarrassed, but that's what I come from. I come from a family of seven children on a farm where we made our own butter. And everybody helped everybody. It was a community-based lifestyle where we would go and check up on farmers, like old couples that didn't have the opportunity to get out of their driveways through the winter. And so we would go around the community and find to make sure everybody had food. So I come by it honestly. It's not, it's not, I haven't developed this part of my personality, but we feed our community. We do soup kitchens on our doorstep, things like that for the homeless and drug addicts and so on and so forth. That's really wonderful. Now, when you yeah. were growing up, um, you know, with this physical ailment, did it impact your confidence at any point, or were you just from such an unconditionally loved environment that you didn't think twice about it? I didn't think twice about it. It actually enhanced my life in a huge way because I got to sit, you know, when you're talking about going and doing meditation. I sat still for an entire year. Wow. And in that, that headspace, you get to know yourself and you get to see what you're really made of and you can connect with what you want to do with yourself when you are better or when you can be more conscious. And uh, I think it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. So I don't, and, and, and with, you know, a confident, wonderful family, you know, we made our own butter. We were like real farmers. So we were, we were team. And so I realized the group, the value of the team, and the team being universal now with these disasters is great. No, it's a very important part of running a business as well because you have other stylists working with you, correct? Yeah, well, I I might run my salon like a co-op. We don't, Uh I'm nobody's boss. Everybody is self-employed, okay. and every, including the assistants, the receptionists, everybody is self-employed. So everybody does what they want to do as they want to do it. That creates really one. It's like a family life. It's a. It's you know everybody's working together for the same cause. And uh, I've I've been here for 24 years, and I've had most of the staff for that length of time. And uh, anybody who's lesser than 20 years, it's because they just got out of school. And so we have a sliding scale of how you rise to the top within the salon. Some of my staff don't pay rent. They don't pay bills. They just pitch in and do some work to help pay their way. So, you know, it's, it's, I've had a really good training being with my family. So, yeah, yeah, huge support with the family. And how do you deal with the different personalities? Because how many are in your Co-op. I mean, we have we have about seven people, and uh-huh. the common denom- the common denominator is we all come from good families, where there's lots of love, has been lots of love, and still is lots of love. Like every single person has good parents, and their parents are still alive, and they have great siblings and great relationships with their siblings, and so we all bring that in together, which creates a, a really harmonious environment that people love being in because it's it's not about fashion it's uh-huh. about community and everybody comes into my salon and they communicate with each other so there's there's nobody sits in a corner by themselves it isn't that kind of an environment so you know we we are family we did lose one of our um, our, our members uh, this year he passed away of a heart attack and we've been spending time with his family and it's been incredible to lose somebody that you're so close to for so many years he was my friend of 30 years but being connected with family has really made a huge difference. And the community, 
and to see how many people really truly do love together in a community, it's beautiful. So, yeah, so we've all been working our way through that, and it's been tremendous because we do have that sense of community, just like you're talking about everybody sort of pulling together and making things work. We live that. That's really great. And I I think the fact that, first of all, you opened up your salon in Skid Row is fantastic. I love that. I've always been a pioneer where I lived, kind of Thank like you. all the different flavors well, and colors. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always well, been something I adored. Well, anywhere you go in the world, you find beautiful things in places that you don't think you're going to find them. And I think that well-traveled people believe that and see that. So, you know, a lot of people think that I'm in this scary area, which is not scary at all. They're just poor. That's it. There's no, there's nothing different between them and us and anybody else in the universe. They just don't have the money to be able to live the life that, you know, people driving in their Mercedes can live. doesn't mean that they're any lesser than. They're amazing people. And, for instance, when a friend passed away, we got more flowers from people on the street than we did from our community. People would bring in plastic flowers and things like that. And and it it creates such a happy feeling inside of yourself when you can connect with everybody. These people love to connect with people, and they're starving for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it should be. It should be that. Everybody should be integrated together. There shouldn't be any segregation in any society because we all do find the beauty in each other when we actually get to hear the other person speak or see them in action. And, um, and, you know, you know, like, like I have a lot of people that announce to me their sobriety, um, how long they've been sober, how long they've been clean, because I stand on my doorstep constantly greeting people as they're walking past and talk to them. And I have a lot of people reporting to me where they're at in life. And that makes me feel good that they think that I'm somebody that they want to share that with. No, that's mm-hmm. really wonderful. Well, and a lot of art galleries in Toronto, um, what they do is if there's a high ticket to get in for the patrons, they let the artists in for free. And I think that that's terrific. It's, yeah, you know, it's just you know, it, because then the artists get a chance to go. The young artists get a chance to be involved and get to go and talk to people. So if we can just get you know all of society to do the same thing, not just the art community, you know, because people are interesting. They've got great stories. If I didn't listen to people speak on the street, I would never find out about people who used to be bank robbers and have fixed their lives around. So now they're married and have children. Or, you know, things like that. That you just if you don't listen and you don't pay attention. You never get those lovely treats. No, it's true. And in your position, I know, like being the hair guru, I mean, anybody that sits in your chair, you become like the therapist, the philosopher. What I really like about um, being a hairdresser is talking to the kids and enjoying their company and learning something. I can't stand when there's music on when I'm working because then I can't communicate. And I book an hour per person so that I can spend time with them and learn from them because... They're all very vibrant people that pass through my life, and they're the people who think that it's great that I'm in this neighborhood. That they don't they don't look at it, they don't look down on me, they don't look down on the neighbors, they don't look down on the street. Nothing. They're all they they treat everybody as equals. And when I see somebody that has it all going on in their life, and they can be really content with walking down my street and feel comfortable and say hello to people. To me, that's beauty. That's like that's better than a good haircut. That's well said. And 
speaking of good haircuts, what is the secret, Bill? I know you have a no-nonsense attitude about hair, so we'd like to hear a little bit about that because many of us are the victims of bad haircuts, part <laughs> to do with our own bad communication skills and partly to do with the people on the other end holding the scissors. So please tell okay. us how to get good hair. Okay. Well, first of all, you have to be real with your hair texture. So if you have curly hair, let it be curly, unless you want to spend a lot of time working on it, and that's fine too, but you really have to know you have to spend time working on it to make it. Like if you have curly hair and you want it straight, it's work. So you need to have the right tools and you need to have the education, so you need somebody to help you learn, how teach you how to do um, the do and to also treat it properly with the, the utensils. But... I prefer a more natural approach so that you don't have to do all of that work to get the effect unless it's a yeah. special occasion and you feel like you want to do something fun. Best thing to do, take a picture of something you like and take a picture of something you don't like. Those two, that's going to be your best tool in the world because if, if a hairdresser ego doesn't get in the way of you bringing in a picture, which they shouldn't, if they do, then I'd run. I would just run because this is your truth. That's what you're looking for, what you want. And it's our job to adapt your hair to what it is that you're looking for. With color, staying realistic with your color is the best thing to do. I was um, uh, offered a job uh, having my own television show, and they asked me, how would I rate myself in cutting hair? And I said, one out of five. And I said, well, I'm definitely a five. And she said, well, that's pretty confident. And I said, well, I've been doing it since I was 13. I'm 52. If I haven't gotten it right by now, I should find a new career. She said, okay, that's there. Now, what about color? I said, well, I'd say maybe a four. And she said, why would you say four? Well, because I don't do blonde streaks on really dark hair, which mm -hmm. to me, that makes me a five. Because I have, I have scruples. I have... Um, a measure of what is good and what is bad. And if you have really dark, dark hair, you should not be blonde. So people living within the realm of a few shades of their own natural tone, no problem. You keep a nice shine to your hair. And shine is the best thing you can have in your hair. The more healthy your hair looks, the more youthful your skin will look, the better you will look. The other thing is texture. And um, the, a lot of people look at their hair right like as they face in the mirror. But the rest of the universe is looking at you all the way around. So you need to look at your profile and the behind shot of your head to make sure that that is equally as interesting as the front so that you have a perfectly symmetrical, perfectly well-balanced hairdo to go with your texture and your face and not just look at it unidimensionally like face on because the profile is a very powerful thing with the jawline and beautiful aquiline noses and strong brows, and, you know, and a lot of people want to hide things like that. I like to expose them. I think that it's, a, it's, it's what your natural beauty is, and drawing on that is much better than hiding it. And, you know, you, you sound like you have a lot of knowledge and talent with different hair textures, so you can look at the hair, you know, the person's hair, feel it and say, even if they're showing you a picture of what they want, you're probably going to be able to look at it and go, well, I know you want that, but that's not the best thing for your hair, correct? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, and But that's what that's what you need from a hairdresser. You need them to be able to say no. The hairdresser yeah. needs to be able to tell you that that's the wrong thing for you to be doing and that you should be reconsidering that. 
And if you have a like a yes man hairdresser, not mm-hmm. good. No. Right. I don't. I think that you need to have somebody that says no, that's inappropriate for your hair texture, inappropriate for your color, and then guide them. Now, I've I've sent a lot of people out of my chair to other salons because of that reason, because they didn't want to listen to what I thought was appropriate for them. They wanted their blonde streaks and their dark hair. And I think that it's it's just fine and dandy for a hairdresser to say, later, go on, you know, to, to take that chance with somebody else, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because then... Mm-hmm. You're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy, and what's the point? No, it's not, so I, it. it's not worth yeah. it. It's not worth it. So if you can, uh, rather than thinking about the dollars and the cents and think about what is the right thing to do, that is yeah. the best way to approach it. I was doing um, a client's hair in the 70s when we used ammonia-based bleach. I don't use ammonia-based bleach anymore because it's really hard on the hair and it's bad for your health. So... I had a pregnant lady came in to get her hair done, and she wanted some bleach blonde highlight. And I said, no. I said, I don't think it's right for your baby to be breathing in those fumes. I think you should wait until after you've given birth and then do your highlight. And when she left, my boss gave me hack and said, why did you let that money walk out the door? Well, because it's her health, and it's her baby's health. It's like you wouldn't smoke around a baby today. But back then, people didn't think like that. And so I've always had the scruples and morals and values that my parents taught me about treating people properly. And, you know, bleaching somebody's hair when they're pregnant is not treating them properly. You know, it's like putting their head into a bowl of, you know, sandy flush or something. Well, I you know, know what also, I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it's just wrong. Yeah. On so many levels, no, I, it's just wrong. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And it, it's, it's and, really... <laughs> A hard to think that it would happen any other way, but you know, I know it's yeah. I know it takes a but lot of courage do. to be a stand for what you believe in, um, mm-hmm. to conduct yourself in a particular way. But I know also what's interesting is you've had some health issues of late. Or when I'm ill, my hair texture really changes. It will be even more yeah. dried out, or it just totally changes. Yeah. Any time that you have any health issue, it, it shows in your hair first. Um, I've helped diagnose many people with different illnesses because of their hair texture changing. I'm, you know, because I've been around so long, I've been doing hair for so long that I can see hair textures changing. And so then you can see if it's a thyroid problem or if it's too low of a caloric intake or whether they've contact, contracted HIV. There's so many different textural changes that happen. And if you've had to have surgery and you have anesthetic, general anesthetic, that also wreaks havoc on your hair. So, yeah. and hair has a life cycle. It's like a 90-day life cycle. You know, it's like it goes through like, um, it takes a, no, 90, nine months. It takes about nine months for your hair to rejuvenate after having an operation or going through some major illness. Uh, and what I do with my clients that um, that have health issues, I do them on my day off so they don't have to be in the salon with everybody there. And though they don't get the ultimate haircut when their hair is gone for, you know, mm, I don't want to say the word, but shit, <laughs> which happens when you've had health issues. But when your hair goes south and you should get a haircut rather than not getting a haircut because it makes you feel better. And it also takes away some of the skinny ends and the dry ends and the things mm-hmm. that happen through the process of illness, whatever that illness may be. And, um, you know, you need to have the comfort and the confidence to go in and know that the hairdresser isn't going to be passing any judgment on you. Um, when I, I was really sick for a long time myself. I had many issues as an adult. And I would 
perspire a lot. And I hated going and having my hair cut because of my perspiration. So I would pick a middle-of-the-day appointment to go and have it done because I didn't want anybody to see me feeling that way or looking that way. And it made a huge difference, you know, going in and being in a chair with somebody who's compassionate when there weren't a lot of people around. So my recommendation to people who have health issues Try to do that. Try to find a time when it's going to be a slow period in the salon or try and arrange a private appointment. Okay. A private appointment shouldn't, shouldn't be any more expensive than a regular appointment, as far uh-huh. as I'm concerned. Well, and that I makes think a that, lot of you know, sense. And, you know, it's like when people come in and they're down and they leave happier, like that happiness, it's medicine. It's medicine for your soul, being happy. I think that vanity is highly underrated. I think it should be covered by the government. I think people should be able to go and get their hair done and their face done, whatever it is they need to up their ante to make them feel better about themselves, especially when they're going through a major health crisis. Yeah, no, that that does make a lot of sense. And, you know, I agree with what you're saying, and now you're, I'll have to go out and get a haircut because <laughs> I haven't been No, going. you should because, it, yeah. because you're denying yourself the the right to feel good, you know, yeah. because, like, you know, you struggle so hard with whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're feeding yourself properly, you're taking supplements, you're, you know, following a medical regime, whatever it is that you're doing, you're working so hard towards that, and then denying yourself the pleasure of feeling good about yourself visually. And that has a huge impact on your spirit, has a huge impact on your health if you're happy. Happy equals healthy. Even if you're ill, it ups the ante. Well, let me just mention to the folks that we are talking to Bill Angst, and you can find out more information uh, about Bill. He is the hair guru. So Bill Angst, um, BillAngst.com, that's B-I-L-L-A-N-G-S-T, uh, Billy's House of Charm. And you're not just doing hair. You're doing all kinds of things. So let's talk a little bit about what else you're well, involved with. Okay, so I'm, I, when I turned 50, I figured I needed to do something new in my life that interested me, and I've always wanted to write. So I started my website about four years ago, and I had a writer working with me, helping me guide me, and she did most of the writing. And with the website, it costs money to post things, and I wasn't so computer savvy to post or to do that yet. But I'm self-taught. Um, for the last four years, I learned how to use Photoshop and to do avatars and things like that. So I started a blog. So I do a blog mm, twice a week is what my promise to my audience is. And I blog about everything from uh, birth, uh, weddings, accomplish- accomplishments of young people. Um, I cover art galleries, restaurants. I'm currently doing strip mall reviews. Uh, I'm not doing all high-end or all low-end. I'm doing everything so that there's something for everybody. And I'm trying to create a non-greedy environment of information that you can use, whether it be health, food, fashion, whatever it is that's passing through my life that I think is of interest to people. And I've been having a lot of fun trying to find my voice with my writing skills it's yeah. it, it's been a challenge. I only have a grade nine education, and I always felt inferior. That's where the only time in my life I've ever felt inferior was with my writing skills. And since I started writing, I have uh, done movie reviews and have been in the company of Ebert, Michael Moore, Oprah Winfrey, in um, the uh, in the um social media where the executive director and producer has tweeted um, that my review was the most important review yet for the movie Beasts of the Southern Wild. So these are my accomplishments 
that I do for myself personally. But it's really, it's just beautiful being able to spread your word. It's like you must have the best time with your television or your radio show because you get to tell everybody everything. I do. You get to tell your truth. You get to expose people. You know, it's it's beautiful work that you're doing. Well, thank you. It's beautiful work that you're doing. I can't believe the time has gone so quickly. I read that you have some kind of new cooking show uh, that you're working oh, yes. on as well. And they can find out all yes. this information at your website, and I'll mention it again. It's BillAngst.com, B-I-L-L-A-N-G-S-T.com. I'm going to have to take a, a plane over to Toronto and come get my hair cut by <laughs> Well, maybe Betty and I'll have to come and visit you. What's that? Maybe Betty and I should just come and visit you. I would love that. I would definitely love to see you two here. And uh, if not, I will come out to you because I just feel like my hair will never be the same until it it, uh, is in your good hair. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. Thank you, everybody. Please check him out, and if you're in the Toronto area, go see Bill. Give him a call. His salon is the best. Women and men travel great distances to go and see this man and uh, reap the benefits of his talent. So check him out. In addition to that, he is a wonderful humanitarian, does great work in the community, and he's the person you'll want to know. This is Kathy Barrett and Bill Angst sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. It's been so great to have you along on this journey, and I'll be back next week with you, and I hope you'll tune in. Peace, everybody.